0: Sophia Sokolovsky, and this is 24 The People, a podcast that harnesses the power of personal stories and meaningful work in 24 minutes. You know when you meet someone and they positively influence you in a way that makes you want to know more about their core principles and values? This is the experience I have with this week's guest, Kimia Hagigi. She and I met during orientation week at college more than six years ago, and she became one of my best friends. In all the time I've known Kimia, she has closely held her religion in her heart. Kimia is Baha'i. Up until I had met her, I'd never heard of the Baha'i Faith, but as one of the fastest growing religions, the Baha'i Faith teaches the essential worth of all religions and cultivates the unity and equality of all people. During the next 24 minutes, Kimia will explain her religion's origin, why her family adopted its principles even though they were persecuted and forced to flee their home country for practicing the Baha'i Faith, and how her religion influences the way she lives out her life.
1: My name is Kimia. I grew up in the Washington, D.C. area in Northern Virginia. I attended Wellesley College with Sophia. (laughs) I studied political science and Middle Eastern studies. Right after I graduated, I did a period of service at the Baha'i World Center in Haifa, Israel. Uh, And I was doing policy research there and uh, supporting the administration of the Baha'i world. And the Bahá'í World Center. Yeah, now I'm pursuing my graduate studies in Washington D.C. I'm studying at so Georgetown. Happy to have you back. Yeah, I'm yeah. studying at Georgetown University. I'm in the Master of Science in Foreign Service program. So it's a, it's a master's degree in international affairs. And right after
0: college, you went to the Bahá'í World Center. The Bahá'í Faith was something that I was unfamiliar with until I met you, and it is a huge part of your life. It's a huge part of everything that you do. Tell us and tell listeners what the Baha'i Faith is. Yeah, so
1: thanks for having me here and allowing me to tell you about (laughs) it, because as you said, it is a huge part of my life and not everyone knows about it. So the Baha'i Faith is a world religion. It's an independent religion, and it started in the mid to late 19th century in ancient Persia. But it's actually the second most widespread religion in the world today. So you can find Baha'is in every country on earth, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. And it only happened in a span of two centuries less. So that really attests to the unifying nature of the religion. Yes. It, it's the, one of the main principles is the oneness of mankind.
0: What are the main principles of the Baha'i faith?
1: So I would say that there are three primary ones. One is the oneness of mankind, the oneness of God, so believing in one God, and the oneness of religion. So we believe that all religions are really one in their foundation. They come from that same one God. One of the unique principles of the Baha'i faith is this idea of progressive revelation. So progressive revelation means... Uh, well, Bahais believe that God sends down prophets or manifestations and different points of time to guide humanity, depending on the needs of mankind at the time.
0: Is that just within these past two centuries, or is that before Bahá'u'lláh?
1: Bahá'u'lláh before Baha'u'llah. the founder
0: of Baha'i, Bahá'u'lláh, came in 1844. Do those prophets extend before that time, or is it just after?
1: Yeah, so progressive revelation, we believe, is something that has always existed. So God has a covenant between man and himself, or God, and God will never leave humanity alone without any type of spiritual or divine guidance. And so Baha'is believe in Zoroaster and Krishna, in Moses, in Jesus Christ, in Muhammad, all of these world religions came from the same God and they came at different times and in different places depending on the needs of humanity at that time. And so today, Baha'u'llah, who is the founder of the Baha'i faith, he came and he brought new teachings for humanity at a time when we need them too. How did you first become exposed to the Baha'i faith? So my parents are actually Baha'is, and they are from Iran. But in Iran, Baha'is are unfortunately persecuted because of their religious beliefs by the government. And this has occurred since the beginning of the Baha'i faith in the 19th century.
0: And your parents came to the United States because they were fleeing the persecution. Isn't that right?
1: Yes, that's true. Both of my parents left, uh, were forced to, to escape actually the country because of that persecution. They actually met here in the United States, and I was born in the U.S. And they didn't come over together, right? No, no. With their families,
0: respectively.
1: Yeah, they they met here actually doing service in the Bahá'í House of Worship in Illinois, close to Chicago.
0: Okay. What encouraged you to pursue the Bahá'í Faith apart from being born and raised in a family that practiced Mm -hmm. the Bahá'í Faith? What caused you to continue to carry it so close to Mm -hmm. you
1: even throughout college yeah so what's really unique about the Baha'i faith is that at the age of 15 uh, even Baha'is or individuals who grow up in a Baha'i family are given the choice to decide whether or not they want to be a member of the Baha'i faith and there's this principle called the independent investigation of the truth that's really what central. Is that? yeah. yeah. So it basically means that um, all Baha'is are encouraged to independently investigate their religion Starting and other religions. Age. And other religions. Okay. This is a principle that's used at any I mean, it's it's always there. Like it's okay. A, it's not like at any age. But at, at 15 specifically, that's sort of the principle that I used because I investigated the Baha'i faith and I looked also to other religions to sort of validate my own faith, to see whether or not this is actually something I believed in. With the Baha'i faith, we're really encouraged to to seek out whether or not this is something we truly believe in. And at 15, I did. I decided that the Baha'i faith has certain implications for my life and for the entire world. I mean, the whole purpose is to help advance society. To be united to eliminate all forms of prejudice and 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 to grow spiritually and materially, and that that message really attracted me. Service is a huge component of the Baha'i faith, and just carrying out acts of service has always given me so much joy and I can see the joy that it that it gives others who are engaged in acts of service. and so that's what really attracted me, and I think that's what attracts most people about the Baha'i faith.
0: Can you talk more about how? the Baha'i faith encompasses other religions? Because I think that that, for me, is one of the most interesting aspects that all of the other religions are interconnected.
1: Yeah, so like I said, the concept of progressive revelation, the idea that all these religions come from the same God means that the Baha'i faith is just another step. It's a next step in the evolution of humanity's relationship with God and religion when you when people become bahais they don't necessarily have to repudiate or turn away or even convert to another religion it's not like that because the bahai faith recognizes the validity of all these all these world religions of christianity of islam of judaism all of them so Many people have become Baha'is from other faiths, but they choose to become Baha'is because of the new perspective it gives mm-hmm. on on the core teachings of their own faith, if that makes sense. So what about for me with Christianity? Can you
0: explain yeah. some of the similarities between Christ and Baha'u'llah?
1: One thing that's really interesting across all religions and with Jesus Christ specifically is that all prophets of God have suffered in one way or another yeah. during their lifetimes. Yeah. So just like Jesus Christ suffered, Baha'u'llah also suffered. He was put into prison, exiled, and banished his entire life. He was in chains his entire life, and he suffered on behalf of humanity so that his message could spread, his message of love and peace and unity could spread. And similarly, a lot of the other prophets of God, like Jesus Christ, have experienced the same thing, and they have undergone trials and tribulations so that their message could prosper and flourish mm-hmm. as a result.
0: You say messages that he was spreading of love and unity and service. Are there any specific verses or quotes that mm-hmm. really resonate with you? Or can you give us a flavor of, of some of those readings?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So one that I really love is um, this one by Baha'u'llah. So he says, It is not for him to pride himself who loveth his own country, but rather for him who loveth the whole world. The earth is but one country and mankind its citizens. What does
0: that mean to you?
1: Uh, it means that, you know, we're all part of one human family. There's no difference between you and me or anyone else in your apartment for that matter. <laughs> but, you know, it it, it gives... It gives It gives us a sense of purpose, knowing that we're all one and knowing that all of the difficulties that different groups are suffering, we should be helping them. We should be raising awareness about their injustice because their injustice is also our injustice. There's this analogy that Baha'u'llah also uses and he talks about how the nations of the world are like a part of a human body. If one nation or one part of the body suffers, the rest of the world is afflicted right. and affected. As the rest of the world, we have to help that suffering or ailing nation. So it's, it's sort of the same thing with all of humanity and all these different groups of people yeah. that have been disenfranchised. So we should all be working towards justice.
0: Yeah. You – because I know you and because you're my one of my best friends <laughs> um, and because you've told me about the Baha'i faith – I guess one of the questions, so with with everything that you've taught me, mm-hmm. I know part of your religion is that um, part of the Baha'i faith is that we're constantly working together in order to pr- become a more progressive society yeah. and to be better. And we're doing it collectively, but we're also, it's also internally, but mm-hmm. it's all about the whole and, and moving yeah. towards something greater. Given the current climate that we live in where, you know, not necessarily just politically, but also in terms of nationalism and the global tendency that we have. Mm -hmm. Not only are we a very global society and is globalism on the rise, but also we have like this nationalism that is Mm -hmm. being shown in the United States that's Mm -hmm. rising up. And also we've seen examples of this in Poland and Vienna, Mm -hmm. um, in the Middle East, the Syrian conflict, of course. How does your faith fit in, in terms of all of these other problems that our world is facing and all of these kind of challenges that are almost like coming up against Mm -hmm. the Baha'i faith and promotion of uh, Mm Baha'u'llah's message?
1: Yeah. So Baha'is are really working at the grassroots level. So a lot of the service activities that we have work from the ground up because we're really here just to connect heart to heart and to touch each other's hearts. And um, the activities that we have, for example, we have children's classes or classes for junior youth that are aimed at um, helping youth become active agents of change in their society. We have educational programs for young adults. We have these courses, they're called Institute Courses, and we learn and discuss the spiritual reality of humankind other prophets and manifestations of God have, have come during times of when people have been suffering or the world is in travail. Mm-hmm. And this time is no different. The age that we live in is no different. We have problems like nationalism and populism. We have civil wars, um, gender violence happening. That There's so, climate change even, there's so many yeah. issues that we're facing in every single aspect of society. And absolutely, yes, Baha'u'llah came during this time specifically. Because the teachings that he brought are really relevant to a lot of the issues that that I just mentioned. For example, the equality of men and women is so fundamentally important in the Baha'i faith. It is one of the principal teachings of the Baha'i faith. And men and women are equal. And Mm -hmm. Baha'u'llah even says that women and men have always been equal. But humanity with the Baha'i faith now, in this day and age, is ready to realize that and to implement that fully into society. So principles like that can can be applied everywhere in all of these conflicts and the issues that we're facing.
0: I think that's really beautiful. Back to the question I had asked earlier about questioning your religion, Mm -hmm. things along those lines. Well, (laughs) were there any times when you were embarrassed by your religion or if you were uncertain and how did you overcome this
1: yeah um to be honest there haven't been many instances but I do think that sometimes the Baha'i faith is has been accused of being too idealistic or utopian for example like it's too good to yeah. be true world pieces. is how is possible. it getting
0: things done right yeah
1: but I mean personally and I I think you know if you looked it up online if you go to www.baha'i.org Baha'is are engaged in so many different activities at the local, national, and international level that are working to better, to better the world. It's not just, you know, saying you believe in something, but it's concrete action that's being accompanied by, by these beautiful teachings that Baha'u'llah brought because this religion would be nothing if, if, if Baha'is didn't act upon it and actually engage in these acts of service. I went to a
0: devotional at your house. Can you explain what a devotional is and also talk about briefly some of the other forms of organization?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so a devotional is one of the main activities that Baha'is engage in. It's a space where individuals of all different backgrounds and races and ethnicities, genders can come together and worship. And we say prayers, we read writings from all different religions, not just the Baha'i faith. And yeah, because when I went to
0: your house, we read passages from the Bible and the Quran and the Old Testament, and they were all centered on the topic of peace. Yeah, so
1: every week, I mean, Baha'is do this differently. The beautiful nature of the Baha'i faith is that it can be adaptable to, you know, really any, any format that you want it to meet. But the way that I do devotionals is I pick a topic, and I find readings or writings from different religions on that specific topic, like peace, for example, or justice, And then the group comes together and um, we read the writings and we reflect on them. We actually discuss that topic in lieu of what we read together and meditated upon together. And it, it makes for a really nice, meaningful conversation.
0: Isn't that also part of the consultation? Is that the process where you are able to freely express your ideas and then you collectively come together as a group and make a decision?
1: You said it perfectly. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, coming together, like being respectful of everyone's opinions and and saying what you want to say because you want to further the conversation and you want to create an atmosphere of love and understanding. How,
0: whether you can't come together on morals and ideals, how would you apply the Baha'i faith to that conversation if you're really frustrated? Or how do you apply the Baha'i faith to scenarios where one might be doing something that's at odd with the faith such as drinking alcohol or being combative yeah or is having difficulty accepting
1: yeah absolutely so again like consultation is key to approach the individual with love and understanding and you know say what you want to say respectfully but also to be willing to listen and to be patient patience is another key principle and yeah, just being open, very open and accepting of, of differing opinions and points of view. That's definitely something that Baha'is practice on a daily basis.
0: Yeah. If I wanted to become Baha'i today, what would I have to do? Are there immediate first steps?
1: So being a Baha'i really, it's so simple. It's just recognizing Baha'u'llah and his teachings. Um, recognizing that Baha'u'llah is the manifestation of God for this day, um, and wanting to be a part of the Baha'i community and the activities that we do. Really, it's just going to your local community and requesting to become a member. You've used
0: the phrase manifestation of God for this time a few times. Does that mean that there is going to be another prophet in the future? If so, what does that look like? Is it in 100 years, 200 years? Do we know who that is? Do we know what that will look like or what the name of that religion will be?
1: That's a really good question. Uh, (laughs) And so, yes, we do believe that there will be another manifestation or prophet of God. When and why? So Baha'u'llah actually says that it won't be for at least another thousand years. It's really interesting that he actually pointed that out. But the reason for that is, again, it's going back to this concept of progressive revelation that God... Always has a covenant with his people, and he will never leave his people without divine guidance. And over the next thousand years, we're gonna progress so much as a human society technologically, even spiritually, materially. There's you know, I can't even, we don't even know what the world's gonna look like in a hundred or two hundred years. In a thousand years, that's way too far to even imagine. And so, of course. Our circumstances will be different. Humanity will hopefully be mature at that point in time. And God will bring new teachings to guide the people.
0: Is there a heaven as a part of the Baha'i faith?
1: Yeah, I mean, the Baha'i faith's conception of heaven really is just being close to God. Actually, for Baha'is, the purpose of life is to grow spiritually in this world, to develop spiritual attributes so that when we pass on from this material life, will be spiritually developed and prepared.
0: And for those who have, in Christianity, it's committed sins, we believe in a hell of sorts. Does that apply to the Baha'i faith? What about the concept of sin as well?
1: Yeah, so hell, like the concept of hell, like it's presented in Christianity doesn't really exist in the Baha'i faith. I would say is that it's more like being farther away from God than you would like to be more like your soul when it when it passes on from this life, when we die, it will be farther away from God and and our whole soul's desire is just to be closer and closer to our creator.
0: Mm -hmm. What about the concept of sin?
1: Sin isn't, I mean, of course, there are Baha'i laws that Baha'is strive to follow every day. Baha'is aren't punished in the way that, I guess, is presented by other world religions or in Christianity, if that's what you're thinking of. It's not like that individuals are really just individually accountable to God. There are no priests or other clergy members that try to make another individual of their faith responsible or make them accountable for their sins. It's, it's more of a personal relationship with God and we're all working day by day to follow the laws of the Baha'i Faith. And if we aren't able to, you know, if we slip up or or we do something wrong, that's okay. That's perfectly normal because we're all human beings and we're all just striving to follow the teachings of Baha'u'llah. We're not perfect.
0: (laughs) We're not perfect. Before we close off, are there any final thoughts that you want to share?
1: Yeah, what I would say is that the Baha'i faith is a religion that's very different in scope from other world religion. It's come during a time where we live in such a globalized society We send a message by phone and someone at the other end of the world can receive it in less than a second. That's incredible. Humanity has never encountered this type of existence before. And so, similarly, religion needs to be adapted for our time. And the Baha'i faith has adapted teachings that are crucial and very relevant to the time that we live in. Like I said, equality uh, between men and women, the education of everyone, the elimination of the extremes of poverty and wealth these are teachings that are really relevant in the society that we specifically live in today and it's really beautiful there like i said at the beginning like there's there are bahais that live in every country of the world and people bring their own culture and backgrounds to this bahai faith and When I imagine the Baha'i faith, it's what Abdu'l-Baha said, the son of Baha'u'llah, he said that we're all like the flowers of one garden. Each individual flower is so beautiful, but when you put it into a beautiful garden full of different colors, I mean, it just creates this beautiful landscape and it's so much more rich in that sense.
0: That is such a meaningful message. And...
1: Thank June. Thank you for sharing your religion with me. I love you. I love you too. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you for explaining it to me and for and all the years that I've known you for sharing this with me because I think the Baha'i faith is really, truly beautiful.
1: Thank you. Thank you for being interested in me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe, rate, and review 24 The People on Apple Podcasts and listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow along and get updates on Instagram and Twitter at 24thepeople. And to learn more about the Baha'i faith, visit www.baha'i.org. I'm Sophia Sokolovsky, and until next time...